Welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mitch Wilson. He is Chris Hell. Please don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, please listen on any platform where you get your podcast from. Christopher, my guy, what do we got today, man? You know, baby, when there's a slow week in sports, we got to make it hot. And that's what we're going to try to do today. We're going to talk about international athletes and have they caught up to the U.S. of A. as far as impact, athleticism. That's what we're going to discuss today. We're also going to talk about Tiger Woods and how his decline in golf, the domination has left. Has that impacted the popularity of golf? And did it lean into the decision for PGA to join Live? We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. You know, we got to game three tonight. Series is tied one to one. And then we're going to end the show on talking a little bit about uh, some of the pioneers of podcast and, and debate show radios, Undisputed, why Uncle Shay Shay might be leaving Undisputed. But Mitch, let's get to the first topic here, my man. International athletes, have they caught up to United States athletes in popularity and impact? Well, I'll tell you what. Christopher, depending on who you talk to, that question could be reversed, okay? Because let me ask you this, okay? Who do you think are the top are the top five athletes followed on social media? Probably all soccer players. So you got Cristiano Ronaldo at one. You have Messi at two. You have... Virat Kohai, three, which I had I had to look him up. He is a Indian cricket player. Cr- cricket player. So he's at number three. You have Neymar at number four, and you have LeBron at five. So because soccer is such a international sport, which is probably the most popular sport all over the world is is soccer because it is essentially universal. I would say from a popularity standpoint, from a from a worldwide viewed, the USA players still have to catch up to Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi, you know, because those guys, I mean, dwarf LeBron when it comes to social media followers. Now I will say this though. LeBron is, you know, arguably the GOAT, okay? And so that's why he's on that list because he is so great. But again, because soccer is such an international, popular sport in, of the world, I would just go out on a limb and say soccer, a.k.a. football, is the most popular sport in the world because it is so international. And now, if, if like, our American football was international, I think you'd probably see more guys on that list. But, you know, our football is so specific to us. That's why you don't have, like, you know, uh, a Patrick Mahomes, uh, a Josh Allen, hell, even a Tom Brady on that list. I think when it comes to popularity, um, unfortunately, you have the, the international players that dwarf us when it comes to following impact. I think because of the top those athletes being playing soccer, I think they have more of an impact in over in Europe 
and on that side of the world because soccer is so much more popular over in Europe and that side of the world than it is over here. So I think that, you know, Messi, you know, Ronaldo, those guys, they have an impact, but I think their impact is more on the international market um, and when it compares to the USA because if you were to, you know, have a poll in the USA, the top five athletes, I would probably guess LeBron, Steph, Tom Brady, I'd probably throw Patrick Mahomes in there and probably another one. I, I think the, the top five athletes followed in America, would they, it would be a mix between basketball and football players, okay? But I will say I think that LeBron, obviously, because like I said, he is the GOAT. He has, he has impacted not only in America but also in Europe because I would probably say that basketball would probably be among the entire world probably the second most popular sport because it is so international everyone for the most part almost all the countries play basketball and that's why you have LeBron on that list at number five so but I will say you see the impact that has had from an international standpoint because now in the NBA you have you know Jokic who is a, a guy from Serbia he's one of the he's one of the best players in the NBA you have Luka Doncic He's one of he's one of the best players in the NBA. So I think that when it comes to popularity, that the US athletes have a ways to go to catch those guys just because, you know, soccer is just so international. Every, you know, a lot of people outside of the USA love soccer. And then you have a, a minority of people in the USA that love soccer as well. But yeah, I think uh the only type of athlete to have a shot to catch those guys are going to be your your all-time great basketball players because, again, that sport is so international. Yeah, so I think we phrased the question in the manner of we knew that on international side, soccer's are going, soccer players are going to carry that absolute star power just because of how popular the sport is on a global level. United States soccer really has not caught on. It's bigger than what it was, but I wouldn't say that it's even probably in our top four viewed sports. You know, you're going to go football, basketball, baseball, and then the four spots probably a fight between hockey, golf, or whatever, (laughs) right? Yeah. Even before it gets to soccer, it just hasn't caught on. But we all know who Cristiano Ronaldo is. We all know who Messi is. And and you're probably right. Someone over there in Wales may not know – who a um, Tyreek Hill is. Now, maybe because the Chiefs are a little bit more popular, but they're not going to know a DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions like like we do. I'm not going to disagree with you from the popularity standpoint because I do agree with your assessment that the international stage is just larger and there's more of an opportunity for popularity. But when I talk about athleticism and impact, the only sport that I think they've – they've caught up from a global standpoint is is a basketball. So soccer, we're catching up to them, right? But right, in ba- exactly. basketball, they're trying to catch up to us. Yes. And basketball is played all over the country. Football is not. Football is a very specific United States only sport. I think what makes a, a lot of Americans kind of, we're getting kind of nervous here is you really look at baseball, we don't dominate baseball really anymore. That's kind of the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans and Japan 
they they have a tendency to beat us, right? And then you look at basketball and this strong grip that we used to have on the international game is starting to starting to wane. Giannis is an international player. Joel Embiid is an international player. Jokic is international. Luka is international. People don't realize Tim Duncan was from Puerto Rico. Like you're starting to get these players that are so skilled that athleticism alone is not just going to make you better anymore. And football is always going to have a special place in our heart, right? Because it's American football. No oh, one yeah. really plays it. But it's funny that we call them world champions when no one really else plays the sport <laughs> but us, right? Now, there's some other yeah. ones that try it, but it's not anything like like we have it here. So popularity, I don't disagree with you. I actually knew that soccer players were going to be in the top five. Four of them or three of the five were. Yeah. It's a very popular sport internationally. Football, we're going to always have that stronghold. But basketball is starting to get that gap closed. And so is baseball. However, I'm going to give one last fighting shot to the Americans. We still dominate the Olympics. And oh yeah, the Olympics are not necessarily, yes, your greatest athletes are playing. A LeBron plays basketball over the Olympics. But when you look at country versus country, head to head, we still have the best resources. We still have all those things. What's frustrating, though, is a lot of those resources are given to these other countries and they go back and play for their country. Like you look at Luca, Luca has grown to the player he is because he plays in the NBA. But he goes back to Lithuania or wherever he's from and does awesome. And Serbia for for Joker. Same thing with Jamaican track stars. They come to college here. They often Mm -hmm. go run at LSU and USC and – they get all this great coaching and the great um, venues, and then they go back and they're dominant for their location. So kind of an interesting topic. I've paid attention to this over the last little bit, and it is kind of a, it's kind of a topic that, that makes you think. When somebody brings it up, you start thinking like, yeah, maybe the international side has kind of caught up with us from an athletic ability. But you could switch the question like, like you posed, Mitch. Maybe it was never that way. Maybe we were always catching up to them. Right. And and I'll tell you what, speaking of, you know, of, of international players and whatnot, you had uh, Messi who today joined the MLS. So that that's arguably the best signing that they've had in the or in the MLS history, 27 years. So do, do you think that's going to help promote it here? Or do you think it's just going to be – I'm no, essentially no, because they do this often with all of them. They did that with that Schlotvani guy. They did that with uh, David Beckham. I think what they do, I think even Pele did it. They have a historical track record of saying, let's take these guys out of their prime. They're old. Let's give them a last farewell, send them over to the MLS, make the soccer a little bit more popular. People are going to go want to go see him. And he's out. He's way past his prime. I mean, I don't think that's going to carry any weight. They probably threw a ton of money at him, and he accepted it. It's like Wayne Gretzky with the the teams that he ended his his career with. It's almost like a pony show. Great farewell. Let the Americans give him a his flowers and let him get out of the the Premier League. But for him, it's a super drop down. I mean, the MLS doesn't even compare. 
to the Premier League. Not right, even exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I feel the same way. Same thing with, you know, you said, you know, Beckham and, and those other guys. I think it's, it's a, for him, it's an opportunity to go make a butt ton of money and not have to play at a, at, at a to his standard, a very high level. You know, he can probably come here and probably go to practice a couple times a week and be good and still be the best player, you know, on the field. So, hey, I'm mad at him because if I was him, I, I, I'd do the same thing to keep getting that money. All right. Yeah. now. <laughs> so, yeah. So now, you know, we're talking international. So let me ask you this. Has Tiger Woods decline made golf lose its popularity and possibly the reason why they merged with Live Golf this week? Yeah, so I'm a big golf fan. I've always been a fan of Tiger Woods. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. I'm probably more of a Tiger Woods fan than anything else. Tiger Woods will probably go down as the most dominant athlete in their sport probably to ever play. I'm talking about their prime years, the impact they had on ratings, the impact they had on the sport. Jordan would probably be up there as well with like Wayne Gretzky, Babe Ruth. There's sometimes you get great players and there's sometimes you get transcendent athletes. I don't think that people realize what Tiger Woods did for golf. And I'm going to explain some of that here. Tiger Woods in his prime accounted for over 58% of the ratings. If he didn't make the cut during his heyday, I mean, even towards the end of his career, they saw over a 40% decrease in ratings. That means Friday, Thursday and Friday, people were watching for Tiger. If he didn't make the cut for Saturday and Sunday, they just flat out stopped watching the event. If that ain't star power, I don't know what is. Tiger Woods made the game of golf cool. He made you want to go buy Nike gear. He made you want to go hit the links. He made you want to play a game that was very social club, country club-esque type of a sport. The impact he had was unbelievable. He won 50% of the tournaments he was in. Do you understand how difficult that is to do in golf? During his prime, he was that dominant. There was a point in time in Las Vegas, I was watching a documentary on him. They said that there was an actual running bet. Is it Tiger Woods or the field? People would make the bet whether Tiger would win or the field. There wasn't a bet like would it be Tiger or Phil or Sergio Garcia or VJ uh, saying, no, it was, you think Tiger's going to win or would you take the field? I mean, that literally is him against the world. I mean, that is nuts. So to say that Tiger Woods' decline as a great golfer hasn't affected the PGA Tour to where they got desperate and scared to join the live, yes, of course it did. Because Tiger Woods in his heyday, this never would have even existed. Because not only was he a ratings cash cow, every great golfer wanted to compete against Tiger Woods. Even if they didn't win, they knew there was going to be so many viewers watching that they were going to get notoriety. 
They wouldn't go play where Tiger Woods wasn't playing. Are you kidding me? They wanted to follow him. And to the listeners, if you don't know how dominant Tiger Woods was, go watch video or look up images of his crowd when he goes to golf. It is unbelievable, the crowd that is around Tiger's tee box, around Tiger's uh, green compared to everybody else. And I'm not talking about slackers. I'm talking the Phil Mickelsons of the world, the Rory McIlroys. Tiger Woods was golf. So, hell yeah, him not playing well is absolutely what led to the PGA saying, we don't have our cash cow. We don't got our ratings maker. So we got to. Man, I'll tell you what, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, I agree with with a lot of the points that you said. I mean, to sum it up, Tiger Woods made it cool to play golf, period. Golf was a very social, white, dominant sport, okay? Not just in competing, but also just in leisure. I tell you what, when I go out to the golf course, I see all types of different people, you know, white, black, Hispanic, Asian. You have a variety of guys playing golf. A large part of that, in my opinion, is because of Tiger Woods. He was the dude that everybody wanted to be. He was the guy out there that come Sunday, if if he was only two or three strokes down, it wasn't if he comes back, it's what hole is he going to come back and overtake the lead. And you had guys that he was playing against that knew that, that literally that would get to last. They would, know, they would li- because they knew he was coming. Like they knew he was coming and that just effed up their game. Like, I don't know how to explain it. He just had that effect on other golfers to where they knew if if he was in striking distance, they would tense up, not be able to finish. Yeah, could it's you imagine bad. being on a golf course, okay? And you've got a nice little gallery. Some people are watching you. You've got a five-stroke lead on Tiger Woods on Sunday. He's wearing that bright red Nike shirt, that Tiger red on Sunday. And all of a sudden you hear the first little crowd like, okay, he got a birdie putt. And then maybe you got a par. And now you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm only up by four. Then the next par five, he puts in this crazy eagle and the crowd's going nuts and you get another par. And now you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm 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 only up by two. two. (laughs) And I hear this big roar. Talk about the psychological effect that an athlete has on another athlete, knowing that that big – bad boogeyman is coming and there ain't nothing you could do about it. That's right. why during, during his run, bro, there may not be another dominant run like that. He was, he dominated the sport, dude, just absolutely dominated from everything from not only winning championships, but the impact he had outside of it. Everyone wanted to drive like Tiger. He was the first really kind of built golfer that you saw he was in shape he was handsome he had that and, look and he was yeah. competitive right and and i think that just goes back to to sum up everything that you have been saying what i've been saying i'll say it again tiger woods made golf cool period that's just what he did because he was that good and i will say i will say this christopher have you seen his son play oh he looks just like him oh my gosh bro it's his creepy. swing, it's creepy. His, his swing, his mannerisms, everything 
it is creepy, bro. And I'm telling you, if his son decides to, which it looks like he is, going to go at this, bro, he would be the only person in my mind because of the pedigree that could have the possibility, not to maybe be as good as his dad, but really be that next superstar because you would have all the storylines. He's Tiger's son. You know, well, he's playing it at this level. So so just just being his son and being good is going to draw people in because because they'll just watch just to see how good this kid is. Well, you saw what Charlie did in his last junior golf tournament. He won oh, I junior, did not. He won his junior golf tournament by eight strokes. Oh. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a stud, and I think he's only like 14 or 15 years old. Dude, it, it's 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 creepy to watch it, but it's also cool. And even if he doesn't win 15 majors like his dad, I'm telling you right now, the first major that he that he is even in the running on, those ratings are going to be sky through the high. roof, bro. Through the through roof, the roof, absolutely. It's Charlie Woods, roof. baby. It's Charlie Woods. Charlie Let's Woods. See what he's got, and man, if he wins one, oh, <laughs> a star is born. Uh, Star Wars. Oh, so real quick. So going back to living the, in the PGA merger, uh, let me ask you this question because this is something that that someone asked me about this merger and and my take on it. And I, and, I, and uh, let me ask you here. I'll pose the question to you, then I'll answer, then you can answer. So when about a year ago or a little less than a year ago, when you had these guys like Phil Mickelson, guys like that, and then you know middle of the road golfers that weren't like household names, but were still, you know, top 30 that were leaving to go to live and they were getting all this backlash. You know, when a person in life, especially a man, because in my opinion, a man and a husband's job is to protect and provide. If you are giving an an opportunity to make generational wealth for your family, do take it. So here's my thought process. A lot of people didn't like the golfers leaving for live because it's it's Saudi backed. But at the at the end of the day, those guys are playing golf. They're not doing anything illegal. And if you take a guy that's especially a younger guy, 26, 27 years old, and Liv comes to you and say, Hey, we'll give you a, a $30 million sign-on bonus to play in our tour. Like, in my opinion, how does that guy say no? Because I think it depends, man, because then as a Chiefs fan, let me tell you this then. Let, let me play devil's advocate here and turn the tables. You as a Chiefs fan, you love Patrick Mahomes. Right. Let's say somebody with just an unearthly amount of money came in and said, we, we want you now, we're going to pay you $200 million or whatever to go play basketball. And he takes it and leaves all the potential greatness that he has behind and all the legacy behind. I don't like how people say, well, you ain't going to be mad about doing it for money. It's like, well, I don't know why you'd say that. You don't base all your decisions off of money. Because if that was the case, why haven't you just worked your your tail off every day and not had friends and doing all that and just go to get money? So this whole, well, yeah, but you've never been offered that kind of money. You're right, but I also have my integrity too. And right. I'm a firm believer that, yeah, money gets thrown in your lap, but how much money did you already make, Phil? Good gosh, how much do you need? 
Yeah, well, well, and well, but see, that's what I'm, I'm not talking about, Phil. I'm talking about because there were younger guys that were that went to go play, and like I said, these guys were 26, 27 years old who hadn't made a whole lot of money yet, and then they have an opportunity to get a check to go play that's going to create generational wealth for their family. Like it's one of those type of things where it's like, you yeah, know, I, mean, I don't, I, I don't blame anybody for making a lot of their own decisions, right? Like that's that's what they are, right? But you got to be willing with every decision that you make that there's going to be criticism. And oh, abs- oh, absolutely. Especially absolutely. if, especially if you're in the public eye, and right. those those players are. And it is funny what we choose to be upset about. You know, you from politics standpoint, I heard Colin Cowherd say this today. It's funny how we're not mad at all when politics will, like politicians will align with a certain country or align with a certain whatever, and then golf does it. They align with live and PGA, and now everybody's upset. To me, it's right. like right. I really was more of a Tiger Woods fan than anybody else. And going back to the original question, I think his decline's the reason why they did it. Hey, do your thing. Do I necessarily agree that that you do it for money? I guess it depends on the contract and how much you've already made and what makes sense for you and your family. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, bro. If I was 26 or 27, and they were gonna write me a 30 million dollar check, deuces, deuces, I'm gone. <laughs> All right, switching gears here. We with this topic we won't talk about super long because it's kind of been a. Uh, uh, I'll just say it's kind of been a, a pretty boring finals. It's not really been one that has a lot of uh, mystique and intrigue. But talking about the NBA finals, it's tied one and one. Really, Mitch, the question that I'm posing to you is: Now that it's tied one and one, we're knotted up. Who wins it? All right. If you've been listening to the podcast, you might have an idea of where I'm going with this, and that is. The Denver Nuggets are going to win their first championship ever because Nikola Jokic is that dude. And not only because of him, because of the whole whole team, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., them dudes, it's just, man, I tell you what, the way they move without the ball is just – it's almost like poetry in motion, man. Because you have Jokic or whoever; those guys are constantly moving, but they're constantly moving because they know if they if they cut to the basket and they're open, they're gonna get the ball. Because the best player on the team is pro- is probably one of the most unselfish players in the whole league. And I don't I'll disagree, what, but let me ask you a question: What if they're that great? Why is it tied one to one? Okay, no no team is perfect. Well, I'm, I mean. Well, I, I'm just asking, believe me, I'm with you on Denver, but, but right. I'm gonna be that little thorn in your side tonight and say, okay. here's this eight seed that's not a that's not a traditional eight seed. I'll I'll give you that. Right. But they move so beautifully in motion. If you're a Denver fan, you gotta be nervous. And let me tell you why. You had Miami after a grueling series with all that rest you had coming to your house, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They came and stole a game from you. Now, home field advantage is in their court because they took a game from you. You didn't even protect your home for two games. And do you know the winner of game three when it's tied 1-1 wins the series 80% of the time? 
and you are now playing in Miami. And I think a little bit of doubt is creeping in in Denver. Do you know what your boy from One Week Mizzou did in game two? Five points. What? Five points. Oh, well, yeah. Hey, I mean, we can't go out and get 20 every game. No. We can't go out and get but, 20 every game. But when you're playing with house money like the Miami Heat is, they're dangerous. Because Denver, Denver knows they should win this series. And now you lose a game at home and it's one-to-one. I'm telling you right now, and I'm making this prediction on the podcast. I do pick Denver to win, but if Miami wins tonight, that statistic will ring true. It'll stay at 80%. Miami will win the series. If they take game three tonight, Miami's going to win the series because there's going to be all type of doubt in Denver. All type of doubt. Oh, man, maybe Jokic isn't showing up or no. Maybe there's not other people around them. If they win tonight, Mitch, the Heat's hoisting the trophy. Okay. Let's uh, let's just simmer down here, okay? Because let's just remember that Jokic should have been the MVP this year. Let's just be honest. And What's let's that got to do with this series? And I'll tell you what. Another thing is that Denver Nuggets were the one seed in the West – They've been the best team in the West. That's why they're going to be the best team in this series, and they're going to win their first NBA Finals. Okay, plain and simple. I'm Jokic. not. I'm not disagreeing. I told you from the beginning. I think Denver would win, but if I'm a Denver fan, I'm going to be nervous. Oh and yeah, I, for sure. And I can play. And, and I think if they win tonight, it's over. I think Miami's going to take the series if they win tonight. If they win game three, I think he beat Denver. Okay, I think that I think that you're. I think if you're a Denver fan, I think that you are a little nervous. Okay, because last year you were supposed to go farther and you couldn't finish the job. So from that standpoint, I agree. But that team last year is not this team. I just they're better. I think that big time players make big time plays. And Jokic tonight is going to have uh, – hell, he has a game every game. because yeah, he's he, I mean, well. he, he averages a triple-double. I think that Denver knows how important this game is. I think that they're upset that they let Miami steal a game in their house because, like you said, because of that series with the Celtics, I thought that there was a chance that Denver was just going to sweep, um, sweep the heat because of – had almost they had like a week and a half they were just chilling going to practice so Jokic is going to be big tonight Murray's going to be the the guys that are big for Denver are going to be big because I think that they're that they are probably aware of these things that we talk about I think they're aware of that and if they're not aware of it I'm sure their coaches and that coaching staff probably let them know just to put the emphasis on how important this game is and I will say this, if Miami wins tonight, I still think that Denver gets it done. If Denver wins tonight, they're still going to get it done, but I but I think they get it done quicker. I will say that is a very interesting stat, you know, with, with the 80% uh, whoever wins game three when it's tied 1-1. It, it will be – I will be very curious to see how both teams come out because you had, you know, Denver uh, on the road for the first time and, you know, two weeks probably 
that they haven't been on the road to play a game because they had that long rest? How do they come out? And does Miami still have enough in the tank to get the job done? We'll so see. We'll see. We shall see. One of our favorite people, and some would say their uncle, Uncle Shay, is leaving Fox Sports 1 and Undisputed. So, Christopher, why do you think that he's leaving? And what do you possibly think is next on the horizon for for Uncle Shay Shay? Uncle O'Shea Shay, Club Shay Shay. Um, to be honest with you, it's not surprising that things don't last very long anymore. Um, there's new opportunities everywhere. If you look at the job market, it's very indicative of the same thing. You have people that are very transient in their job. You started to see the writings on the wall. If, if you watch the first iteration of Undisputed, Shannon was just very grateful of Skip because people don't know Skip basically got Shannon on the show. He kind of paved yes. the way for Shannon. Shannon got, Shannon got fired from CBS. Skip was leaving ESPN, got Shannon Sharp on. Uh, and that doesn't mean that he made his career, but he gave him the opportunity. And you could tell that Shannon was very grateful in the beginning. But I do think that Skip's antics got a little bit. And old Shay Shay started feeling himself. You know, he started getting bigger. And maybe he's a bigger brand. And I think he is. Skip's brand is to just be annoying. I think Shannon Sharp's brand was more, I'm going to truly try to talk about sports. And Skip was more of, I'm just going to try to make hot take after hot take after hot take and see how just much of a troll that I could absolutely be. I really enjoyed the first couple years of the show. I really liked Skip and Shannon together. I thought they, they went off each other well. But the show started to lose a little bit of, you know, it got lackluster. They only talked about three things. LeBron, Tom Brady, and the Dallas Cowboys. That's all they talked about same thing was discussed over and over and over. And I think Skip got a little jealous too of Club Shay Shays. His podcast started to blow up. He it was did. he was becoming more popular than Skip. And come on Skip. Come on Skip. <laughs> I think he got more popular. Shannon's going to be successful. He's built enough clientele and enough equity now to leave. I think Skip is definitely done. I've heard they're trying to replace Shannon with LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn yeah. McCoy is currently on the show Speak on FS1, but it's a very jam-packed show. They have Acho and Joy and LaShawn, and then they also have Buker yeah. that comes on. They have another guy that was the Dallas Cowboys beat writer that's on there. I could see LaShawn McCoy going over there. I don't think it brings the same fire. Good luck yeah. to Shannon, man. Good luck to old, old Uncle Shay Shay. Yeah, I agree. Um, I heard LaShawn McCoy, Joy Taylor, and then like another neighbor. I think it's probably going to be a, re a revolving seat for a little while till they figure out what works best. But I tell you what, I'm surprised that he lasted as long as he did with Skip just because Skip just says some of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Like the most hot take, click, clickbait, clickbait, trash stuff, and 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 maybe I feel that way just because he doesn't like the Chiefs. Like Skip, it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs could have like the perfect season, win the Super Bowl, and Skip would find 
two or three things that, oh, they just got lucky or, you know, you know, he doesn't do it the right way. But what, dude, shut up, bro. I'm super happy for Uncle Shay Shay. Uh, like you said, his podcast, Club Shay Shay, has absolutely blown up, especially with the media nowadays. You know, I will be very curious to see where he ends up, whether it's, you know, on ESPN or on a network or maybe something, you know, via YouTube or whatever the case may be. I mean, because you have a you have a show like the Pat McAfee show, which which I'm a which I'm a big fan of that is now joining ESPN. But the thing with that is, is that they're keeping all creative control. So, you know, nothing's going to change. So, I mean, with media, with all the different directions that it's going right now, it'll, I'll be really curious to see where he ends up. But I'm, su- I'm super happy for him because um, he was able to do a great job on, on Undisputed, and now he's able to essentially d- decide what he really wants to do. And I, I tell you what, uh, th- that, that impersonation is pretty good. Come on, Skip. <laughs> oh, man. Christopher, my brother. You know this is always fun. Yes, Appreciate you. And we can't forget our shout-outs. So who would you like to shout-out on that One Sports Podcast this week? Maybe someone who, you know, listens to the podcast on the regular? Oh, well, just shout-out to everybody that listens. I mean, just really shout-out to the uh, to the individuals that take the time to to listen to this. We hope that we make your, your drive a little easier. Maybe your Zoom meeting that you don't want to listen to at work a little easier. When you're working remote, uh, really, just really appreciate you guys tuning in, and thanks. All right, man, I'm gonna give my shout out. Uh, me and my wife, we went uh, shopping this last weekend, and the sales associate that we dealt with, Mark, he was amazing. He knew his stuff. He made our process so much more easier than what we thought it was going to be. So my shout out this week on that one sports podcast goes to Mark. The absolute B salesman at Nebraska Furniture Mart. All right, guys. Christopher, my brother, you know it's always a pleasure to do this with you. Guys, remember, we drop episodes every week. Thursday morning, it will be there for you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And don't forget, please, be kind. Because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.